For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I found this tweet very interesting by a gentleman of the name Mikey Williams. You may not know his name yet, but you will because he is one of the top prospects going into his senior year in high school. And he tweeted, he's going to an HBCU wouldn't be too bad, dot, dot, dot. Jalen, do you think in today's society, a top, top, top prospect like him would forego going to one of the classic big basketball schools and join an HBCU team? Not only is it going to happen, it should happen. And I hope Mikey Williams is really the first modern-day athlete to do so. There was a time when the great players and high draft picks like Earl and Pearl Monroe actually went to HBCUs. And mm. now all of a sudden, with players being able to benefit off their name, image, and likeness in the NCAA, with G League and overseas now being an option, with the coronavirus and a pandemic, you're not really knowing what's going to happen to the normal landscape of collegiate basketball. I would definitely consider it if I was a player. And also, let me just tell you this. You would have so much more fun, Mikey. It ain't even <laughs> close. From Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 37 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining me today is Charles Bishop. What's up, Charles? Hey, how you doing, Corey? Nice to be back on again with you, buddy. Absolutely. And we also have Mike B. What up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Corey? What's going on? What's up, Tigerland? All right. And welcome back to the show, Neely. What's going on, Neely? Hey, Corey. Glad to be here, man. How's everybody doing today? All right, all right. right. And last but not least, we have Mr. Ken Clark. What's up, Ken? Hey, what's going? What's going on, man? Uh, happy to be back on the show. I uh, hope everybody's Don't doing well. Man. You bet, you bet. That's what I want to know. How is everyone doing? I want to check check in with you guys and check on you guys with so much going on in our country right now with all the racial tension and whatnot. How, how are you guys internally processing it, or maybe externally? <laughs> what are you doing this to kind of deal with this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, just hold it together, man. You know, I've been in America 48 years, so it's always two steps forward, one day back, and we'll, we will process and progress through this, you know, just as we have before. We'll get there. Yeah, you know, as no you said, about it's, it, uh, it's a, you know, it, as you said, you know, it's, it's a process, and um, it's something that we do uh, far too often in this country, but, uh, you know, as Neil said, we'll, you know, we'll progress to get through it. 
Yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to add, it, it is a whole lot to process. We we literally uh, witnessed, uh, um, for lack of better words, uh, a murder on, on, on television, and it's 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 a lot to internally just kind of accept. But uh, you're looking at the, the the way that the country has really turned out, and and has basically said, you know, you're going to listen this time. So it's 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 a lot to process. I agree with every what everyone just said, man. It's um it was um definitely gut wrenching what we all had a chance to witness, but it's really good to kind of see people being held accountable. So I feel like the tide is starting to turn a little bit and um I'm cautiously optimistic, definitely hopeful. And um that's it, man. Just kinda observing and hoping for the best, man. Absolutely. And speaking of what we've, uh, you know, what we've just experienced, it's causing a lot of, uh, you know, comments, a lot of outrage, and uh, some dominoes are potentially starting to fall, and, and, and potentially, some, uh, we hope for a change. But one of the things that has kind of uh, struck it is, is a lot of talk about high school athletes, these top recruits, four and five stars, about them attending HBCUs, just in, in response to the, the, the racially charged climate. And this is something that we as, as Jacksonians have always talked about. You know, we've always wanted to find a way to get those top flight athletes to come to Jackson State. But now it, it seems like it's really out on the forefront and being talked about, especially across social media. So with this momentum, if you will, how can we finally kind of capitalize on this and, and maybe leverage this in, in our favor and start to actually land those athletes? Well, you know, one of the things I've really taken a look at is uh, we're going to have to finally start uh, challenging those parents uh, challenging the parents of these of these athletes, or, or challenging uh, the the people who have their ear uh, in terms of of, of listening uh, to these coaches. Are, are they actually tone deaf? Do they understand uh, this athlete's experience once he takes this uniform off? So I think you know one of the things that that you know has jumped out at me is. Uh, you know, Mike Norvell uh, with Florida State, you know, he he had a, you know, uh, he was kind of caught up in uh, a bit of a, a fib, if you will, uh, Pat Narduzzi at, at Pittsburgh, and, and, of course, Dabo Sweeney is somewhere close, always being tone deaf, if you will. But, you know, uh, you know you're going to have to actually start challenging these coaches to uh, what, 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 what exactly did you mean? and challenging these parents, if you're just going to continuously keep the cycle going, then, you know, it, it kind of dampens the enthusiasm if you're seriously looking at going to HBCU. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Chuck. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we we as, quote, unquote, talking heads in sports and people who follow, follow HBCUs and love HBCUs, particularly, you know, 1400 Bench Street, uh, we, we, we always look at these kids' decisions and where they choose to go to college, and, and, and I'm talking about in this, in this pre-George uh, Floyd world, you know, in this latest new incident, because make no mistake about it, there's always been a George Floyd. So this, this issue has always been right. uh, in our communities and in our thought processes. It's just it spikes up, you know, every now and then. Uh, but having said that, you know, these guys, these young men are, are even, are, you know, are, are not – deciding where to go on their own. I know you have mm-hmm. outliers and families where that happens, uh, but these are group dynamic decisions. And so I, I right. think uh, what Chuck is saying is spot on, that at some point 
when we social uh, social media attack the student athletes or uh, berate the student athlete or challenge the student athlete, we got to start challenging the, the family mindset, the mom or the dad, the grandparents, people who are really shepherding this young person in the decision they make, uh, because it is important in your life uh, that you associate with communities of interest. Uh, and, and, and I don't care how old you get or how young you are. Some people live near a golf course. It's a community of interest. They like golf. Some people live near the water because they own a boat. Some people like living uh, in predominantly black cities because you're going to have a black police chief and black police department and black DA and, and just a black system of government, a culture that understands you. Well, it's the same thing when you choose a college. You know, I would much rather my son, have to deal with the campus police at Jackson State on a Friday night than deal with the campus police in Oxford because uh, right. it's a certain community That's of right. interest. So some, sometimes it's bigger than the sports dynamic that we have to really push to these parents that, hey, you know, uh, do these coaches culturally care about you? Do they culturally understand you? And even if you can check that box, because Herman down in Texas said some good things, even if you mm-hmm. can check that box, what about the other boxes? What about the community of interest that, that you're developing and, and need resources and support? Totally agree. Absolutely agree. And to, uh, and to add to that, uh, we also have to uh, keep an open line of communication with these high school coaches to help them understand that as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's really mm-hmm. important that uh, we reach out to the student, the student athlete, we reach out to, to their parents and their families to help them understand that HBCUs are safe spaces. Those are safe havens you know, for our for our young men and women. So we have to communicate that to them as well. But we also have to reach out to the high school coaches and keep an open line of communication with them as well. Because a lot of times, you know, we, we've seen, you know, stories that, you know, these high school coaches can have the, the mentality of what's in for me when I send the kids right. to this program. It, to them, for them, I get it. It's a sense of pride in saying, oh, I had kids going to the SEC and to these, and to these Power 5 schools. But we also have to uh, communicate to them how uh, impactful it is in a child's life if you send them to a school that's actually going to nurture them and is going to give to them instead of just taking away from them. So um, I think all those things uh, tied in place, we have to uh, be able to do that and communicate with these coaches and get them to see that. Uh, there are, some, there are you know, several high schools and communities around town, around the state of Mississippi. Uh, I'm not going to name any, but, you know, they are uh, notorious for not allowing GSU coaches to, to talk to their students. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that, that, that's almost unlawful is you're depriving uh, a student of an opportunity to better himself just for your own personal gain. So uh, we have to identify those coaches and see if we can come to some kind of common ground with them as well as the family and the student athletes themselves. Uh, really good perspective, guys. Uh, really, really good points. A lot of the things you guys have already said is uh, kind of on my mind and you guys uh, – really kind of hit on a good little bit. A couple of things that did kind of come to mind is um, one of the things that we do um, want to bring attention to is that when we're talking about uh, some of these four- and five-star athletes, um, there is a socioeconomic uh, gap between uh, African-American communities and non-African-American communities. That's kind of how we're back now. So student athletes that um, are on that level, we know that there's a lot that comes with that. Uh, there's a lot of notoriety, a lot of local uh, fame, and 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 there's the expectation that you know to get to that next level. So that kind of comes with a pressure. Uh, one other thing to kind of mention is that 
uh, one of the great points that was already mentioned is that when we're talking about taking a family approach, more of a community approach, because um, we can go way into another area when we get ready to talk about, um, you know, coaches in these communities being looked at as father figures. So a lot of these kids are really um, looking up to the coaches and the guys that mentor them in these communities. So I think what this opportunity has done for us, it's put HBCUs uh, at the forefront of uh, of everyone's mind, uh, but I still think it's an opportunity for us as alums. Uh, one thing that I will mention that um, uh, an HBCU alum versus any other alum, I won't, specify but the reality of it is is that it comes with just a greater pride i mean we we um absolutely this whole entire this whole entire um round table discussion about this uh man i i was i was fired up to be able to come on the on the show and talk to you guys and be able to put our thoughts together and what we're hoping for is that this communication go out to the masses and guys with the the you know those hbcu alums and 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 african american and members of the family would take this information and be able to take it to heart and hopefully it'll spark some interest where it gives us an opportunity to kind of go in and educate. Mike, I want to rewind back to something that you said. It really jumped out at me. And it, the word safe haven, and you've mentioned that on the, on the show before as it, as it relates to, uh, you know, just the environment that we create for as student athletes as well as students. But, but what specifically do you mean by that? How are we a safe haven? So I'm, I'm a parent, and you're in my living room right now. You're a recruiter. Uh, either trying to get me to come, my, my child to come to your school, to Jackson State to play sports, or just as a, as a student. And you're talking right, about right. that culture and, and how we're a safe haven, and I'm considering a PWI. How would you explain that to me? Yeah, well, we're a safe haven, in, safe haven in the sense that you have uh, all black people from all over the African diaspora that, that have congregated together uh, to better themselves. You have, you know, kids who are Africans. You have you know, kids who are, you know, from, from the islands. You have the kids coming from Chicago, the West Coast, New York, and they've all congregated in this area. So you're getting to see a, a myriad of black people, whereas, you know, you have some kids that come from some small towns. You know, all the black people probably move together. They probably, you know, um, interact with each other. And so you're not seeing a lot of people who look like you, but in many ways are different from you. So, that goes a long way in your understanding and uh, taking pride in, in your sense of self and your sense of blackness. So it's a safe haven in that manner. And it's also, uh, I can tell you, this, it's no greater feeling than um, knowing that you're going to class or you're going, you know, about your day by day and not having to worry about if you have a, a bad interaction with someone, you don't have to question whether or not it's because you're black. Because what I found is that since I left Jackson State, I spent a lot of my time asking myself that if um, someone looks at me funny or if I'm walking through a neighborhood walking my dog and someone looks back at me a certain way or, or I go to a restaurant and get treated a certain way, and you know, I'm wondering, is it, is it because this person is a jerk or is it because I'm black and is it racial? So being in an HBCU, that's one less burden you have to carry. And I didn't realize how, you know, less of a burden it was until I had, you know, graduated and move on with, with my life. So uh, we're faith haven in the sense that uh, those kids can come here and be themselves and, and just, you know, learn to love black people for, for who we are. All right. Great point. Great point. I love it. All right. I, I, Neil, I have a question for you. Now, you know, we, we talked about 
these prospects as far as, you know, potentially coming to HBCUs for a change. Now, a number of these prospects are starting to hint at interest in HBCUs on social media. We've seen that a lot over the past few days. How much of this do you think is a legitimate interest and how much of it is just them putting on the show, you know, for the attention or the likes or the shares and retweets? Well, I think it's a balance. Uh, you, you know, so on, on one hand, let's say it's 90% show and 10% sincerity. On the other hand, let's say it's it's uh, 10% show and 9% sincerity. The, no matter which way you try to cut the, what it could be, our mission uh, as alums and as an institution remains the same. We have to go after everybody. You know, mm-hmm. I can't assume that a post is not sincere, so I don't try. I can't assume that a post is sincere and is so sincere that I don't have to try. Either way, mm-hmm. I have to get up every day and do what I Great do, point. which is recruit for my HBCU and let you know that you are welcome here and tell you why you should be here. You know, uh, I, I know some of these guys on, on the host tonight are, are married. I happen to be single. Well, if I see a relationship status change on social media, I'm going in. You know, I'm not going to wait to see you. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to because you, you have put it out there that, there, you know, there's trouble in the water. And so if we don't take that opportunity, you know, to reach out to these young people and their families. And, and, and I, want to, I want to touch on something that Ken Mike said uh, that kind of just parallel and, and, and loop together in this whole decision-making progress as it relates to safe havens and as it relates to values of HBCUs and that kind of thing. You know, we, we still have to – it fellas, it's a complex issue. There is no one thing you can do, you know, to, to dramatically change our recruitment process. It is multifaceted indeed. And, and, and on top of that layer, as we get older and as knowledgeable as we are of uh, Walter Payton or Robert Brazil, they are becoming less connected you know, to our yeah. new recruits that are five and ten yeah. years from, from, from now. That's right. So we have exactly. to we have to come up with ways that get those kids attention. And 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 whether this is right or wrong, whether it is good or bad, uh we live in a world now, because you mentioned it, Core, are, are they doing this for likes? Are they doing it, you know, clout chasing as they say, is this just a new thing, you know, to right. say, you know, forget the PWIs, I'm going to HBCU. Well the reality is we live in we live in a in a in a generation and a time now that the sizzle is more important than the steak, that yeah. it is all about the presentation and how something looks. And that's that's one reason that under this current AD, Vice President Athletics, uh, uh, Ashley Robinson, I enjoy what they do from a social media and marketing standpoint mm-hmm. because it, if, if you were to tour any HBCU, I'm not beating up on 1400 Lynch Street, if you were to tour any HBCU, there is a sincere and severe drop-off in facilities. Just is what it is. Right. Is it fixable? Yes. Should it be addressed? Yes. But currently, it is what it is. But I will challenge you this. When you look at that sizzle dynamic, if you look at what we do for marketing presentation, I will put it right up there with LSU. I'll put it up there with Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, you name it. And, right. and that is a very important thing as these kids are out here um, airing a grievance that maybe I should consider HBC. We should come right behind with like, and hey, look at us. Because no, exactly. we, can't to take the, we can't afford to take the risk that, oh, he's going to die down. Oh, he doesn't mean it. He's just in 11th grade, and, you know, he's class of 2023 20, or 2024. You know, they'll go back the other way, blah, 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 blah. We can't have that mindset. We have to right. go after everybody. You know, I, I'm going to ask Beyonce out on a date, and if she says no, I'm going to ask Michelle. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to get somebody out there this child. I'm not going to assume 
because they're five stars, you know. And, and we have taken right. the same approach because we, we have something to offer. And and at one point, I think it was Kent that made it, uh, you know, our our rich history and tradition is a value. But but here here's the dynamic and the challenge. It's hard to sell that to an 18-year-old because they don't see yeah. it. You, right you have to sell them on what am I going to experience at age 18, not that what am I going to experience at age 28. You know, I can tell my kids how important homecoming is to me. But when you were a freshman at Jackson State, let's be honest, fellas, homecoming was just another week. We acted like that all year long. You have to sell the right now to the right now generation. And you can talk to the parents and then like, hey, man, you know, it stays like this for life. You know, you might have fun at an Ole Miss while you're there, but once you leave, it's gone. You're going to have fun at Jackson State, and once you leave, you're going to keep having fun with Jackson State because it's a family. So I, I think that you can't just sell tradition without selling it right now. I think we have to we have to put packages on the table as far as our continued presentation and not assume that these people are just riding the wave, as they say, and just making these posts and not sincere. If you say you're interested in the HBCU, I'm liking it, I'm retweeting it, I'm sending you a comment. I think that's what we have to be about. You know, Neil, you you hit the nail so on the head on that because, and and I call it social media aggression. Uh, (laughs) I I love it when we're uh, super aggressive uh, in terms of putting out, and and like you said, that sizzle part, I'm so impressed by our our social media presence nowadays because Mm -hmm. uh, it's phenomenal to just look at some of the stuff that we put out there and and just to keep it on somebody's mind, I put it right up there with anybody. So I mean, if we are uh, just stay in that in that social media aggressive mode, I I, I mean, I think it, it it would do wonders. Hey Chuck, I I, I say this in jest, but with with, with some seriousness, I, I'm so impressed with it. It's almost it's almost like these when you see uh, uh, ladies working the angles and the filters on their posts, I have seen pictures of HBCUs <laughs> in a marketing campaign, and I've been on that campus like, that's not what that filter looks like. You sit there and say, man, I want to live in that door, you know, because right. you're buying into the marketing campaign, and, and we got to keep that's that right. going. That's we can't, right. we can't just assume that we can't get somebody. we got to go after the best and the most talented because, hey, fellas, we went after Robert Brazil. We went after Walter Payton. We went the people we went after that are Hall of Famers. They were the best men. But we reached this mindset that because the Power Fives were getting the best, that we no longer could. We stopped asking. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of weeks ago, right. uh, we interviewed uh, Shasta Everyhart on here, and it blew my mind when we. When I think Corey asked her, you know, how'd you end up at Jack State? She just simply said they asked. They told me to come forward too. I'd never heard of Jack State. <laughs> I'd never heard of like you. I was yeah. going to a PWI, and they invited me for a visit, and I changed my mind. And, yeah. and we end up with yeah, a, you know, a Hall of Fame golfer. You never know. you got to ask. It's that simple. I think uh, just one thing, real quick thing to add in there. I mean, it, I mean, you are absolutely spot on. I mean, from a professional standpoint, I'm in sales. I'm a sales manager for a said company, right? So um, mm-hmm. I'm very aggressive. So just so, just so so most of the people that do know me that, Follow me, you know. I only got on Twitter. I was that old guy. I'm I'm 38 right now, but I was still kind of anti-Twitter because I didn't really understand it. I'm not a big celebrity guy, but when you change it, when you see the the, the times kind of change, right? You got to change with the times. 
right? So mm-hmm. when we were on Facebook and we we're in our alumni group and we we're seeing this activity, I'm like, where are you guys getting this from? So I actually created my Twitter page just to follow Jackson State. So after I got on there and I saw how the interacting and how these kids would I – mean, once you figure out kind of the mindset of some of these 17, 18-year-old kids, you kind of you, – you, you adapt with the times. But it's just like mm-hmm. sales, man. I mean, even if you have a lower-tier product, not saying that JSU is – or any HBC is lower tier, but when, we, when you're comparing the two, it's kind of a David and Goliath type uh, analogy, right? Sure. So, sure. You, you know, usually when you have a product that you're pushing that probably isn't I, – I used to be – I used to work, work, work for uh, Coca-Cola for a decade, right? So Coke was the top tier when it comes to sodas. But if you were Big Shot or Big Red or one of these other companies um, – you got to go in with a much more better selling strategy. You got to sell the the value proposition, right? So everything mm-hmm. that you're saying is spot on. You got to act, and you have to ask. It's a numbers game, man. You have to ask everybody. And and honestly, I, I have to say this: we wouldn't be here right now today, man, with this George Floyd and with everything that's happening. It's sizzle right now, man. And 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 it's you got black people are striking while the iron is hot. And that's the same approach that we got to take with, with with this. Whatever comes out of this, we can't have, you know, I uh, got nothing but respect for every coach on on the campus. But I, I do feel like, and I, and I don't I don't apologize when I say this. I feel like every coach should have a social media account. We should be aligned with the recruits. You know, I know a lot of them uh, I've I've connected with through social media, but I just question it. You know, like if if you're not if you're not there, you know, how how are you able to see what's going on? You read this article with. Um, Mikey Williams, you know, that's the name that pops up, right? Mm-hmm. His first right. HBCU yeah. offer came from a coach that hadn't even seen him play because that coach understands, you know, look, this is hot. Whether you, you know, it's really marketing. And all marketing is is letting you know who I am, where I am, and what I can do for you. It's just that simple. And like just you said, which I say Avery Hart, is, it, it was phenomenal. I enjoyed that show. And it blew my mind, too, because when you go and look at her story, you're like, wow, how did we get that? And for her to say we just asked, I mean, I see that every day in the industry that I'm in, but I just wanted to throw that little tidbit. You got to ask everybody. We got to be aggressive, and we got to capitalize and seize the moment. So that's my thing. And, 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 and let me throw one more log on that fire back at you. The, the beauty of the, the, the social media footprint and selling the sizzle and, and all the aspects we're talking, the beauty of it is it's not just the person that you're asking. It's everyone that sees you ask. And Correct. so you may not mm. get the guy that you asked, but we're sitting here talking about another school that went after this kid. That that school mm. didn't tag us in it. That coach didn't, right. didn't shoot me. That's like, right, man. You know, but we saw it. And so right. it's again, it's my it's my mm-hmm. Beyonce Michelle. You know, Michelle is Michelle is not going to necessarily look at it like, oh, Anila well, asked me second. Michelle is going to look at it like. Oh man, he wanted Beyonce and he wants me. I'm Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're only, gotta love after, it, man. they're only going after the top people. So if they're going after me, I must be a top people too. You know, it's right. all in Absolutely. how you present it. Uh, we got to go after everybody. Yeah. Well, let me ask a question uh, to you, gentlemen. Um, okay, so um, it, we're recruiting these kids, uh, you know, four star, five star kids, uh, already clout chasing. We're not sure, but uh, to what extent do we continue recruiting them? Because at, at JSU, we have to be honest, we, we have limited resources. So, you know, we can only have 
we can only afford a, a certain number of visits and we can only afford to really actually offer a certain number of students and actually pursue a certain number of students, going home visits, things like that. So at what point do we, um, you know, sort of um, pump our brakes? If we're recruiting a kid, you know, four or five-star kid says, hey, I'm thinking about an HBCU. We say, hey, come to JSU. Uh, it, how do we how do we know if, if how serious he is? How, how can we gauge that and do, do, we, do we take caution with that? Because uh, it's very possible that he might come in for a free dinner, you know, use up all our resources, and then end up going to that PWI <laughs> anyway. So we have to put some kind of uh, safeguards in place. So uh, I, I would say, how, how do, do you all feel that we should be mindful of how um, how aggressively we pursue these student athletes that work I, on our I, radar, I, then we see a tweak and they just are on our radar here, now? Here, here, here's what I say about that. I think when you look at our recruiters and how they, they, they do that anyway, you know. So, I mean, I, I would I'd be remiss to say that our coaches don't go after top-tier talent right now. You know, they do. They do offer them, right? Uh, we see these kids that, you know, three and four star. We have a list of four stars that's currently on our roster right now, right? So my point is that's where the – I do think that that's where the actual recruitment piece kind of comes in at. Uh, they they have a actual uh, formula in which they – um, they follow, you know, it's, it, it's just like, um, like, like, like my man just said with the, with the, uh, with the Beyonce, Michelle, I mean, was it Kelly? Was it Beyonce yeah. and Kelly? All right? of them. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. All, all of them. Right. So, so, it, so, so here's the thing. So, so if you, if you, if you shooting your shot at Beyonce and she's, or, you know, the, the, the one that you really want and she's not really feeling you, you, you'll know that. I mean, I think there's a science that comes with recruiting. Uh, yes, there is a, a, uh, a gap in recruitment, um, funds that are available, but I think that's also where uh, the alumni can come in at. This is also not just a time for us to be able to go and educate parents and kids. This is a time for us to educate our future, our fellow alums that we need to get our dollars up and we need to give, give. more. We need to donate give. more to the athletic department. So give, man. That that's, that spurs this question, Ken, in terms of mm-hmm. how important do you think it is for the athletic department to reach out to the alumni, uh, to reach out, to, to help bridge that gap for uh, the funds that you might not be able to go to X, Y, Z. How important is hey, it to say, hey? I think it's, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's, it's absolutely, I think it's extremely important, honestly, because I, I'm, I'm, sometimes I get in trouble with just kind of like my, 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 my hamster wheel turning, right? I always sometimes feel like, you know, you go to another school, you see how, I mean, it's, you go to some of these other schools and they're, they're using what they have to promote their brand and try to get more, right? I mean, every time I go to the vet and I go to a game and I see that big old Jumbotron, that million-dollar Jumbotron that we plan this and that, I think, honestly, transparency, having a clear plan, I think A.D. Robinson has done a phenomenal job, man, just kind of set, laying the ground and laying a, a new foundation uh kind of, like you said, building on tradition and, 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 and moving us in the right direction. I think the transparency, having a real, real clear vision as to what you need, and it goes back to what we just said, ask, because we can't just assume that folks are going to know what to do. We can't just assume that folks are just going to step up to the plate and have this, this newfound uh, motivation to give more to Jackson State. Come out and, and find a way to get in front of people. Everybody's on social media. I think this is a great time for us to – turn our eyes inwardly and say, hey, we got to check our hearts now. So we got an opportunity to capitalize on some, some, uh, some great student athletes for the future 
But this is what we need, and we need you guys to help us get to where we're trying to go. If you love JSU like you say you do, don't just love us on Saturday when the boom's coming in the stadium. You got to put your money with your mouth, and we need those resources. And that's a real thing. So I think it is. Um, I think it's extremely important that the leadership of the university be very transparent as to what they need. Come up with clear initiatives, realistic initiatives. Give us um, visibility as to what it looks like, how soon, and because that's that's where I'm at. A lot of planners, a lot of don't don't just be vague that we need money. <laughs> Tell us what you need. You know, I, I, I hate to I hate to. This this Beyonce and Kelly analogy was working, so I'm, I'm gonna stick with it. We're throwing shell in there too, you know, because because Chuck, you and you and you and Kent, I mean, you're spot on. I think sometimes we just we 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 out coach ourselves. We overthink it. We we don't make this thing as simple as it is. Correct. If, if mm-hmm. I don't have the money, right, to to mm-hmm. to date Beyonce long enough to get an answer out of her, like at some point I got to fold. But here's what right. I do have. I got surrogates. I Chuck, Chuck Bishop was right there in Houston. Hey man, if you bump into B, find out what she think about. See, you know, ask her, you know, she really and and and, 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 I, and I just shaved off spending money on two dates because he's yes. gonna bump into be like, hey man, you know, Neely's serious now. You know, he's he really me killing up. you. And, yeah, right, and she's right, gonna right. like, well, I'm feeling him too. He's gonna report that back to me. I ramp it up, or he's gonna report back like, oh, she ain't feeling you. And I get to shut it down and, and right. move on to the next right. thing. But we we have to use our surrogates. And one thing I can point out, you know, because I love the way he's saying resources and not just money. Uh, everybody yes. can't write the same level of check, but everybody has a resource that they can give. And so this right. whole notion of recruitment. And reaching out to young people and being surrogates and a voice to the family, the AD, the coaching staff, even the marketing team, they can't be everywhere. But there are 10,000 alums that can be. And then you right. multiply that with social media. We can be reaching out to people. We can retweet a guy, you know, and say, oh, man, look at this guy. He can play, boy. He looks like somebody should be on history. You know, just little buzzwords like that because, once again, it's not just about that person that you're tagging or recruiting, it's about everybody else that's seeing it too. And everybody wants to be wanted. You know, one, one thing I'll, I'll say about uh, on the professional level, uh, the Cowboys, whether you love them or uh, hate them, same thing with the Yankees, whether you love them or hate them, one thing that they have done inside the professional circles of, of, of their particular fields, so or whether it's NFL or MLB, they have created a mystique inside the locker room uh, with mm-hmm. the things they do for players that make other players want to play there. You may mm. currently be a Bronco, but you know it's a nice play in Dallas because I heard about that mm. locker room. I heard about those mm. golf cars. I heard about And so the way you treat people that you're going after, other people are watching, and when they become open to decision-making time, they get to see that too. And they're like, hey, well, you know, I already know that's a good product. I already know Jackson State does a good job recruiting, and, and they live up to the message, and their alumni base helps take care of players and families and their support system. You know, when you come to town, I like that there. And you're not going to get that. And, again, this is pre-George Floyd. This is post-George. You're not going to get that at a PWI. And we have to sell that message and oversell it. It has to be a part of everything we say and do. And you can't just put all that on the coaches and the recruiters. That's an alumni issue. Yeah. Correct. Uh, well, that that analogy really worked for me. I, I understand it. It makes perfect sense. And we can just tell all the ladies that's listening in that they can just they can sub that name for another two names. They'll they'll still get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tank and genuine or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I think that our sales pitch to that four-star, even that three-star that's going to blossom, is that, you know, we are the top HBCU. And then if you look at it, that puts us equal par, and I think even better than these middle Tennessee states or Louisiana Techs or that kind of thing. Uh, and, and then if you even want to compare us to the LSUs or Alabamas, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, man, well, LSU had seven guys drafted. Well, that also means they had 60 that weren't. That's correct. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it, this 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 dream that they're selling you is not a reality. You know, it, it's that it's that uh, carrot on the stick and the hamster wheel. You're not going to accomplish it just because you go there. You know, you can accomplish that dream anywhere, in particular, fellas. I know, like, some of our comments tend toward uh, football. But basketball-wise, I mean, my Lord, if the top five players, class of 2021, Mm -hmm. went to HBCUs, all five of them are still getting drafted. That's correct. Nothing changes. Now, I could argue that had Joe Burrow gone to Middle Tennessee State or Jackson State, he wouldn't have been the number one pick to the Bengals. I could argue that. But you can't tell me that if the five guys are heading to Kentucky – all come to 1400 Lynch Street, that they're not going to be in the, in the NBA next year. There is no drop-off. You are right. – these guys got to understand that they are the commodity, they control it, they are the brand. Stop letting these people push you and say, I can make you. You've already made yourself. That's why they're coming after you. So put I'm your gonna... culture, your community, and your your best interest first and not that institution. Well, I, I want to ask the question, and I think you said something – uh, early in the podcast, uh, in terms of we talk about a pre-COVID world and a post-COVID world, uh, mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. we sort of looking at the same sort of dynamic, a pre-George Floyd world or a post-George Floyd world, where that prospect, if that 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 sort of germinates in their head a lot more now? Do you think we're we're pushing a little closer toward that? I, I would say we we are, and here's why. I'm take a, I mean, you make some really, really good points, but a couple of things that kind of jumped out at me when you're talking about it. Um, when you talk about what we can offer right now, right? Just look at what's happening. You got mm-hmm. the, the 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 acronym HBCU trending because what's happening is is celebrities, top star. You know, it's 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 happening so fast that we're starting to ask. Is this is, is this is this real smoke or is this is this sizzle? Is this, or is this you know what I mean? We're asking it. So the point is the point is when I'm when I'm with that five star recruit and his family, the question I'm going to ask him is, what's the end goal? Like, what are you trying to get done? Do you if you want to get to the NBA? Mm-hmm. Like you just said, you can get to the NBA. That's my sport. I mean, you know, I play basketball, and like like Mikey said in his in his in his tweet, if you if you can you know for lack of better terms, he was saying like if you're if you're a dog on the court. You're a dog, whether you're at college or in the NBA. You, you're going to go to the league regardless. You got a mm-hmm. lot of kids that are taking different routes, you know, um, that are going overseas, that are going to the G League, that are not even going to like big Power Five teams anymore. Uh, but when you get back to football, right? Um, Jackson State. Let's just talk about it, man. Let's let's. We got the biggest brand at HBCU, and I we say that we yeah. don't. We that's not that's not that's not uh that's not smack, man. This is how we know for us. For some of these other HBCUs that listen, listen, folks, this is the reality of it. We don't look at y'all stuff like that. Maybe if I'm if I'm in the business of HBCUs and I'm really trying to, like, keep up with what's going on in all the conferences, I'm probably going to see what's going on. But everybody pays attention to Jackson State. They know it, <laughs> right? We put more fans in the seat than any FC and not any HBCU. That's important. 
So when you think about COVID-19, we talk about we don't know what that looks like. This is unprecedented, right? So one of the things that is happening, um, you know, the governor here in Texas just uh, uh, upped the, the, the level to, you know, 50% capacity. Man, we got a 60,000-plus seat stadium that we can, that we can seat seats all <laughs> – you know, we averaging 34, 35K. We're trying to get to 35K, pushing to 40. Man, we can put 40K in the vet every Saturday, and we can space out. We won't be a problem. It'll still be a great atmosphere. So here's the question that I'm asking that recruit. Are you trying – like, like, what's the goal? If they say, I want to get to the NFL, then the question you got, you got this. You got the celebration bowl. If you win the SEC – I mean, win the uh, SWAC, you have, um, you have the largest – Social media platform, uh, um, associate uh, AD Den- uh, Dennis Driscoll, he talked about how we, we where we rank. We, we're higher than a Vanderbilt, an SEC school. So think, so let's, let's let's think about this. In 2021, the NCAA passed a a, uh, a law where it just says that you know uh, student athletes now have the ability. We would have never thought this with Ed O'Bannon and all the guys back in the day that have paved the way for this. So now you get student athletes that can now make money off of their own likeness. So let's talk about the economics of this, man. The NCAA will allow it. So let's take let's 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 put it together. If I'm if I'm a coach sitting in the living room, right? Um, you can go to Ole Miss. You can go to Mississippi State, but that doesn't mean. So what you're going is you're a big fish going to a really big pond now. And there's a lot of kids, and this is where the mentorship and the, and the, and, the, and bad advice comes into play. Man, it's bad for a kid to go to a Power Five conference and get become invisible because you can't get to the NFL yeah. without tape. You need right. to get on the field and you need to produce. So if you can come to a – and then here's the other thing, and, I, and, I, and I'll pause after this and, and everybody can kind of chime in on that. The thing that we didn't get a chance to see that we were kind of – that COVID kind of robbed us of this year is the first inaugural uh, HBCU combine from the NFL. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Might have the times mm-hmm. have changed, right? So now you get to go to an NFL combine with all the NFL scouts, and you're judged amongst your peers, and 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 you're it's actually invitation only. We had, I think we had two. I think we had a, a CJ. I know CJ Anderson had an opportunity to go, and I felt right. I felt bad for him that he didn't get a chance to have his moment, you know. But um, you got a kid that went and signed with a UT and don't get drafted, and he's a, a NFL, you know, signs as a as a free agent. You can do the same thing at, at Jackson State if that's if that's the case. So the point I'm making is when you couple the biggest brand, the best HBCU, the largest fan base, the most seats in F, the most fans in FCS, and the shock and all value of this social media driven era, that five star that has the one million, two million followers when he signs on the dotted line. At Jackson State, everybody goes, wow. So guess what happened? All the attention turns to that person. Guess what? Now he actually gets to make revenue in 2021 off his social media activity. And it's out there. It's well documented. As a matter of fact, uh, I think on the money list, they projected right here in Austin, Texas, uh, a quarterback for UT um, has the ability to uh, make the most money. He has the projection to make possibly a million dollars in the senior year. So just think about that for a second. So that's the type of stuff that I would kind of throw out at some of these families. But you got to do your homework. You got to make sure you are selling every selling the big picture because they're gonna have a lot of naysayers. They're gonna come back and say, "Oh man, you go you you know they got better facilities. They, you 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 got you gonna play on TV. All this other stuff. You are gonna play on TV at Jackson State too." We had a, you know, how many uh, how many ESPN games we had last year? Quite, Five quite a few. Quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You threw a lot of a lot of jewels out there. One of them really caught my <laughs> attention, and, and uh, 
when you talk about, you know, the, the, the 20 years now past the, the Obama boys and, and how this thing's going to open up for compensation, and, and I want to take it down a level from a kid with a million Twitter followers or, or that kind of thing and, and make it, you know, the, the kind of Joe average typical yep. recruit uh, that we would encounter uh, in pre-George Floyd, pre-COVID, or, or even posted as well. One thing we have to consider, and I, and I hate to be picking up on Middle Tennessee State, but that name just stuck in my head. As, as, as these student athletes are now going to enter the world that they can use financial gain for their for for their likenesses, you have to ask yourself: If I go to school in a state, Mississippi, forty percent black, school located in the most populated county, Hines, the state capital, which is eighty percent black. I'm going to the biggest, baddest HBCU, and, you know, that's no hyperbole. That's that's just facts. Do you know how much uh, Adams Corner would pay me monthly to use my likeness? And, I mean, again, I'm just drilling it down just to rudimentary levels. You know, we don't have to get into the, the Coca-Colas and the Twitterverse. We're just talking about local marketing dollars. Well, if I go up here to Murfreesboro, what black market? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where, where are my people? You know, you know, you know. There's no black-owned car dealership. There, you know, there, there's no black mall. So you're limiting yourself in, in opportunities. You know, when you migrate away, you know, from who you are, you're, you're not getting stronger. I mean, you're not getting weaker. I mean, you're not getting stronger, you're getting weaker. If you stay close to your roots, you have more opportunities. And one thing I say about the facilities, because I harp on facilities. HBCUs in general, JSU specifically, we have to address our facilities, and it's not just student-athlete facilities. You know, buildings, dorms, campus, grounds, everything, as much as it has improved, you know, since I graduated in 94, it still has some ways to go. But here's what I would challenge you. When I lived in Stewart Hall, Stewart Hall had, had its issues. But how often in a 24-hour period was I even inside Stewart Hall? So right. the one thing that I can yeah. say is a blemish is not that it, it was that big of a deal. <laughs> you know, it's a greater campus life and, and the environment and the environment surrounds it. And when you go to these PWIs, and again, back to safe havens, and the communities that they are located in, and let's attach it back to George Floyd, and let's attach it back to Minneapolis being 20% black, when you go to these PWIs that are located in these, in these communities, you're not reflected in that community. So you better hope it's a nice dorm room because, hell, that's where you got to stay the whole time. Because if you venture out, you're venturing right. out to the world that you're the hunter, not the hunter. So you have hmm. to think about all these dynamics when you pick where you're going to live, you know, for four years. You know, what's my safe space that's been touched on? What's my community of interest? Who, what, what really has my, my best interest in mind? Who has my back? You know, Chuck can speak to this as well because he's from a, family that was employed at Jackson State, I can't tell you how many times I would have been kicked out of school if I did what I did at Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> Luckily, second chance the people at HBCU understood I needed a second chance, and I wasn't a bad guy just because I did a bad thing. You don't get that outside of your safe space. You know, mm-hmm. all these things matter to, to athletes because boys will be boys, uh, and all these things matter to your human development and, and your self-worth. You know, you end up going somewhere for four years where you all the only time you celebrate it 
is when you do well on the football field, then when you mess up on the football field, the same crew that was selling bread, you hate you, you know, whereas the Jackson State or HBCU, you're, you're, you're family. You know, right. uh, you're, it's a support system. And that stuff has a value and it matters, and we have to sell that. Absolutely. Fellas, this is a, a topic that we can discuss <laughs> indefinitely. And I'm sure we'll be discussing it more and more, especially as this momentum uh, just kind of starts to continue to trend uh, and build. So we'll definitely reconvene at some point to, to discuss it. But are there any final thoughts before we wrap it up? It's a very needed conversation, and I'm glad to uh, be on this podcast with you guys in terms of uh, to actually start the dialogue. And you guys have pointed out some tremendous jewels that I hope people listen to in terms of, uh, what sells our university and how to go about the, the process of selling it. You, you guys have come up with some, some even more innovative ways and innovative thinking. So I appreciate being on this podcast with you guys. Yeah, here, here, Chuck. I, I've enjoyed it. You know, this, is, this has been a wonderful uh, way to, uh, to celebrate uh, Jackson State specifically as we talk about HBCUs and sports and dynamics and what 1400 Lynchery means to us and, could potentially mean to others. And, and I think that as important as it was, you know, the day before Memorial Day, it has become even more so important. So you appreciate it more. And I just want to say to the fellows on on this uh, this particular episode tonight that, you know, man, God bless y'all and, and keep your mental strength up and be there for your families. Uh, this too shall pass, uh, but it's kind of like having, you know, a flat tire. It's not going to change itself. It's not going to fix itself. That uh, We have to do the work. Uh, you know, sometimes you get that flat tire and you, you just got to stand there and look at it for a second because, you know, damn, I can't believe it's flat again. Uh, but we, we got to get the jack out and we got to get the tire off. We got to get back on the road. And I am confident that there's anybody that can lead that charge. You know, it's not only African-Americans, but it's, it's particularly African-Americans from HBCUs, and it's especially those from Jackson State. Right. Mm. I want to say, um, man, you guys have – I didn't say this at the beginning of the call, but um, congrats, man, on the uh, 10,000 streams. And um, it's, I'm so proud of you guys, man, and what we're doing with this 1400 Club Tiger Talk uh, podcast. And just it's been a, it's just an honor to be back on here, man. This is, like I said, it's a labor of love. Um, I'm really passionate about this. We've been talking about it in chats and on, on social media all over the place. But, again, great job to you guys, man. Keep the momentum going. Uh, keep fighting a good fight and um, stay safe. Like I said, and if you need me, you know, whether podcast, no, you know, hit me up, man. We have to lean on each other during this time, and uh, all the best to everyone. Be our love, and go Tigers. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. I I definitely enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I feel like it was much needed, and I'm glad that we had it. Uh, Obviously, we could talk about this for another hour or two hours, but um, my one takeaway, uh, what I hope that the viewers take away from this is – this, this this is basically a call to arms, metaphorically, for uh, for JSU alumni and JSU supporters. Uh, we are working to uh, get our house in order, so to speak. So, uh, as we mentioned, any kind of resources that you can provide or you can assist the program with, uh, you know, we'll happily accept that because we are trying to bid on this brand that is JSU. Uh, we are trying to put ourselves in a position where when we recruit these four-star and five-star athletes, that we have the means in place to, to nurture them and support them and keep them here, keep them happy so that they can go on and tell their friends about JSU. And when those four-star four and star, five-star kids start coming here, there are other kids behind them that are looking at how they get treated at JSU. So 
it's very important that we all work together and, and, and play an important role in this. And uh, as far as far as uh, pr- prospective students and uh, student athletes, um, there's nothing like going on campus on a Wednesday or Friday afternoon. You know, the sun is nice. Uh, sometimes there's a DJ outside playing, and there's nothing that matches that on any HBCU level or any college level. Uh, you can go to Twitter, and, and I, think, I think they call it the hot spot now on campus. But just go and research that homecoming weekend, uh, uh, homecoming week, any week, you will see that uh, JSU is a place you would definitely want to be after you, after you see that. I think we, you know, landed a lot of uh, uh, verbal commis- commitments based on what they saw on Friday afternoon. <laughs> Hey, can I say one more thing? Just a uh, shout out to all the, you know, the JSU current um, student athletes, you know, when, you know, cause I know they'll probably be listening to um, by no means is talking about four and five stars is a slight to any of the student athletes that's currently, you know, oh, absolutely. On, on, on the JSU roster. It's just, uh, it's just the conversation that's kind of uh, on in front of everybody right now. Uh, we know we got some, we got some top tier athletes. I think we got a really good football team. Uh, basketball, really good recruiting class, and the Lady Tigers uh, defending champions. So uh, just just a great conversation, and uh, hopefully everybody tunes in. Thanks, man. All right, well, let's go get these Beyonce's. Latoya Lux was always my favorite All right, well, that'll do it for episode 37 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or a comment while you're at it, and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you, downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.